let me let me stop you there, Mr. Benjamin. You are one of our business class customers, so I'm going to give this to you straight. Sometimes a coaxial cable, I'm not going to lie to you, gets a bump. How's everything going? Uh, way oh, things are going great, man. I'm ah, oh, woo, big, 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 big week. Had a had a yeah. birthday. You had a birthday too. You had a happy birthday. Thanks you, so much. I remember your birthday because it's like a day away from my daughter, so I remember it. Isn't that weird? We're like the same person. Yeah, um, I have a I have a pal whose uh, a kid buddy? was. Yeah, yeah, a special lady buddy. No, a special uh, friend <laughs> who uh, whose son was born. I think on exactly the same date as my daughter. Wow, wow. A year a year later. Well, I mean, the chances are actually pretty good. But um, you know, I think he felt a little bad about it because he's sort of taking something away from you. It could seem derivative. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like the same day as John Cleese. So I think we're a little late to the party. Oh. <laughs> Really? Mm-hmm. John Cleese. <clears throat> we didn't plan it that way. We didn't really plan anything that way. This way? It's almost you know, like, you know, it's almost like you knew in a way that what to do and when to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it turns out uh, there, there are, have you ever seen those uh, little like, you know, math puzzles about how many people you'd have to have in a room uh, before there's a likelihood two people have the same birthday? No. How many? A lot fewer than you'd think. Really? Like eight? No, I is think it's the same thing as like if you have chimpanzees and they're all typing that eventually they'll they'll mm-hmm. type out the whole dictionary or something. That's right. They eventually learn to uh, throw a scallop off of a cliff and then the, the hundredth uh, one of them will write a tale of uh, two cities. Tale of woe. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> I used to love The Simpsons. Boy, I used to watch that show. Uh, okay, so I'm going to also toot this out. Shoebot.herokuapp.com. Now, I hope the guy listens to this show because if he or she, whatever, if they listen, then they will update the Heroku configuration so that they can put in the domain name showbot.5x5.tv and then it'll just go there. I wonder yeah. if it goes there now. Showbot.5x5.tv. Nah. Mm. Nah. We'll fix it. I, I can show you how to configure that. Is it a DNS thing? Yeah, it's a DNS MX. Okay. A BMX. You want to get your torsion bar. Um, you want to turn it about uh, two clicks uh, to the north. And you want to make sure that you get uh, propagators in place uh, across the global enterprise. It's all about torsion. You can use for torsion, you could use SoundCloud. You could use SoundBot. You could use CloudFriend. Uh, you could use uh, Workspace. Um, f- Flotard. What day does your uh, neighborhood do uh, the um, the trick or treating? Uh, well, technically they do it on Halloween night, uh. but comma but we get very very few trick or treaters in our neighborhood. Isn't that a relief? I guess. I mean, for me, it is. I the fewer people coming over knocking, the better. I, I guess so, but this is the way my brain works. Like, I, I like trick or treaters. It's frustrating to know that any time between like four o'clock and ten o'clock, there could be somebody knocking on your door and asking for something. But if there's somebody there every few minutes, it's great. You can go put on a scary mask and and or or just dress like I do. And uh, go, <laughs> right, you have your costume. Why it's, lie? It's built I need in. A beer. Your costume Ooh. is already there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a veteran. People come to your door and they're like, "Whoa, that was that was no, scary." Under my door once, you yeah. knock on the box. Uh, but, but, but it's, it is a little frustrating sometimes. Uh, you know, usually I think there's a kind of, uh, well, okay. So that, that's, that's the answer to the question. I'm guessing you're in a more like, you've got like real houses on a street. So you, you get trick or treaters, I'm guessing. Yeah, we've got, uh, and in fact, our neighborhood is so good 
that the other less good neighborhood kids are shuttled to, I'm not making this up, they get shuttled to my neighborhood to trick-or-treat amongst the the children here. You're a, you're a magnet neighborhood. <laughs> yes. Right? You're like a... You like know, the Magna like, Carta. Yeah, or the International uh, Baccalaureate. That's right. Like where people know that they, notes have been passed hand to hand. Dan's neighborhood, <laughs> you can go and get a Goldenberg chew. That's right. This is a good place to come. Yeah. And it's, I'll tell you what, because I, I figured this out last year. When there were just hordes, like I was driving home after work last year on Halloween. And you could, it was like a, in that scene in Godfather 2 where they're driving around Cuba and there's just, people all around <laughs> pressing on the you know banging on the uh on the car right. and and trying to get in and and it and was Michael, like that Michael's face tells a story it's like hmm <laughs> i wonder if this was a good trip after yeah. all second thoughts but that's that's what it's like going through and i said where are all these kids coming from and then i realized that they were they would go they trick or treat up and down the block and then they'd get in a clown car and you know drive down to another part of the neighborhood until they eventually were it's a hybrid you know, to leave. Yeah. I, well, I will, I will tell you uh, what I think is going on. I'm pretty sure like where I live, like all of the things being equal, my neighborhood would still suck in many ways for trick or treating because there's steps to get to any house. And also eh, a lot of the folks in my neighborhood are not participating in the Halloween enterprise. And they don't, you know, it used to be a classic thing in my neighborhood, man, everybody did Halloween. You know, there might be like, if there's somebody like really old and feeble, like they would be really sweet and put like a dish of candy out front and say, please take one or whatever. But it was pretty rare in my childhood neighborhood to find a place where all the lights in the house were off, mm. which was like the universal <laughs> Halloween symbol for do not go to this house. Right. It was, you know, they were, they were warning you ahead of time. I don't know if that's a quarter thing or how that works, but there, that was really, in my memory, that was pretty rare. If you saw more than a couple of those on your street, you know, that was pretty time rare. To move. You're in the wrong hood. It's they call it a leading economic indicator. They call it the <laughs> Halloween <that>? opt out. <laughs> right. That's the Pew. The Pew Charitable Trust <laughs> has a has a white paper on that. Yeah. Uh, I you know I know I think trick or treat. Yeah, back. I think. So was that me? No, that's all. That was all me. KVM. No, it, <laughs> this is this. Uh, we had an internet outage this morning, and they said it was a pocket. Of it was a pocket node of yeah, affecting pocket universe. six customers. Ah, and I'm one of six. Boy, that drives me bananas. Bonkers. Oh boy, I, I have a really boring story about that. Go ahead, Colin. but uh, okay, thank you, uh, first time cabler. <laughs> I was, um, you know, my cable works fine. It works fine. Good. We've got, we got, you know, pretty steady four megabytes per second down. It's like pretty good. <laughs> four, four down. What, wasn't that right? Four megabytes a second? It should what, be like what, 4D. Anyway, we get a lot. It works fine. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, but so Comcast. What? Comcast. The, levity. Yeah. 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 Um, Comcast sends us this monstrosity. This thing. Like, we've, we've got the classic Motorola. It's not nice surf- to, it's some, that people have weight issues. It's not nice to, they're still people. I'm not being. I'm not. I'm not being. Uh, I'm not being uh, uh, weight. Weight normative. Avoir du poids. Well, you can't Nick. call someone a mm-hmm. thing. It's not nice. Well, you know, <laughs> raise tic tac tic tac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ben, ben Grimm didn't want to be like that. No. 
Should I, should I continue? Yes. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's not important. It's no, not I important. Don't hear it's not it. important. Now I'm fascinated. No, it's really so this guy comes boring. to your house. They sent us this new, like the Motorola surfboard. It's it's. Oh, uh, you meant a modem, like a, not a person that, that was the monstrosity. Why don't you finish it? So they send you out, out this surfboard. No, we had a surf. Oh God. Anyway, so Halloween, it's fun. It's fun. Um, somebody on uh, Tumblr, forget about it. It's a boring story. All, all, the, the, the entire not funny point of the story was that they sent this. So a Motorola surfboard is about maybe. Uh, maybe eight inches high. It's maybe like an inch and a half wide. It's very unobtrusive. Mm. It's not very ergonomically made, but it's fine. It just sits there. It's a modem. You plug it in. One day it breaks and you get another one. It's a Motorola surfboard. Dung, dung, dung. And so <laughs> one day Comcast sends out this monstrosity. They send out this <laughs> new cable modem. This has got to be the kind of thing they sent Marco. It's a lot like what they would send you for a cable box in the in the late 90s. Huh. We're like, what is this? This looks like a Mac LC. What is this thing? And 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 so this thing, first of all, let me just let me just get to the get to the real the real uh, grist of this. It would not fit into the credenza. It was too tall. And you had to put in you ever put, have to put in something that's supposed to be tall ways sideways? That doesn't feel good. I bet that would drive you nuts. Yeah, I don't, I don't you, like that. I send you a new modem and it's and it's it's like it's like fourteen inches high. <laughs> it looks like something from NORAD. You're like, what what is this? And so I come home and I'm like, okay, well, there's a few seconds before TV night starts, and I think, of course, because I'm an idiot. I'm the guy that installs a new OS when he has a book due. Like I'm that guy. <laughs> so why don't I go ahead? I'll just go install my new monstrosity cable modem. I went in there, and so here's how a cable modem should work. There is a male coaxial that goes into a dingus. There is an RJ whatever, you know, Cat5, Cat6 that comes out and goes to your, from, from out of that modem, goes into your airport, in my case, right? That's, that's a modem. You plug it in, there's lights, and then you have internet. That, that's what I want out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, it didn't work. It didn't work. It looked, the, the online kind of went, man, man, and the smell of burning plastic, which is a great, yeah, it really makes, it gooses your confidence. Thanks, Comcast. <laughs> bong, bong, bong. And so anyway, uh, it didn't work. It's TV night now, right? Like sushi is now being served. It is time to sit and pick a family movie. And it didn't work. So I plugged the surfboard back in. And guess what? It still didn't work. Mm. So now I'm thinking in terms of like supernal beings. I have done something to provoke the gods of Comcast. I've, I've sent some kind of broken half bit to the stack, Cleric. I've done something and now I've disrupted the service of coaxial cable. <laughs> right. But then I did have the presence of mind to go and look. And I was like you. I was in a pocket universe. I was, I was one of like six people that had my cable out for no apparent reason. Yeah. But how's that for timing? Doesn't that make you feel like a crazy person when things like that happen? Yeah, it, it, it seems like... It seems like the whole universe is sort of out to get you. And that's, the, you know, and so th- this is what I said. That this is how I had to handle this. Okay. Because we have, <laughs> which is. Dan, let's, this let's is, stipulate for our listeners that you have a podcast network and internet is one of the three to 16 most important parts of your being able to put out your programs. Is that fair to say? That's, yeah, safe to say. Air, coffee, yeah, coax. Those are the important things here. And. So I'm, I'm talking to now we also have and this is this in and of itself is a joke. We have business class uh, Time Warner cable here. Business class. It's business not like class. which is different from the kind of business class we were talking about last week. <laughs> Monster cable. <laughs> yeah. And business class here simply means you you pay instead of what I pay at home for Internet, which is like 50 bucks a month in, in, in integrated into my cable bill. 
Uh, here, it's the s- same or lesser service than I have at home for 450 bucks. Otherwise, it's exactly the same. Literally, exactly the same. And uh, so I call up and they answer and I say, yes, my internet is out. And she says, well, we're not getting a signal from your modem. As if she knows. Oh, I, I knew you weren't getting a signal. And she she says, uh, she says, well, have you tried, you know, re- rebooting it? And I said, yes, I unplugged it. I waited 15 seconds. I plugged it back in. And she says, well, it, it's great that you tried that. I'd like for you to try something else for me. I said, sure. She says, unscrew the coax from the back of the cable modem and then screw it back in. I said, really? She says, yeah, it, it might have, you know, it might have become uh, loosened in some way. And I said, well, we actually have a server closet here and it's mounted to the wall in the server closet. And I'm the only one with access to the server closet. There's no, it couldn't have been bumped. She said, well, sometimes they get bumped. (laughs) I said, all right, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll even stop you there, Mr. Benjamin. You are one of our business class customers. So I'm going to give this to you straight. Sometimes a coaxial cable, I'm not going to lie to you, gets a bump. It gets a bump. It's a little bump. I don't have. I don't have a. No, it's not a. Uh, not a. Uh, not a button. I hit here to say uh, did it get a bump. There's exactly one person in the entire goddamn universe that could fix this, Mr. Benjamin. As a business class, as a business class customer, I'm asking you as a gentleman. Could you please check for a bump? You know, I think I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on into the show notes, but just to show you how impossible it would be for it to get a bump. But anyway, uh, those can you be know found. What she's at, doing, Dan. What? You know what she's doing. Five by five. Doing- TV slash uh, B is in brothers. Two is in the number. W is in wind. Slash one four three is where you will find the notes. She's doing the blow out the dust trick. She's doing yeah. the is plugged in trick. You know that, right? Yeah. You can't you can't say that to her because you're not supposed to know about the trick. But that's the trick. The trick is she's making sure that you weren't monkeying around in your uh, in your utility closet, bumping on your coax. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, I I I did that, and I, and she said, "Huh, we're still not getting a signal." Uh, I'm gonna have uh, you know. She's like, we're, we're, "We'll look into this," and she said, uh, "But unfortunately." Uh, the, the time that I have, uh, you know, today uh, to look into this is sometime between, uh, it was about 9.15. She says sometime between about 10 and 5. <laughs> Business class. Right. Business class. Business class. So I said, well, I said, okay. I, I said, but there's a problem. I said, uh, we're actually, we do podcasts and we broadcast them on the internet. And, and in order to do these shows from here, uh, we need to have the internet and we have, we have listener. I said this, I said, we have listeners who are waiting to hear the shows. I said it just like that. And she said, well, let me, let me t- expedite you to our tier three level of support. Wow. So I was on hold for a little while and actually right away, pretty, pretty soon a guy came back on and a guy says, he says, oh yeah, well you actually, you're on a pocket node uh, and uh, we show an outage in your pocket node and there's about six uh, customers, including you who are affected and uh, there's a technician working on it. I said, okay, can I have a call back when it, you know, when it looks like it's going to come back? Oh yeah, of course. Let me get the number for you. And then it, 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 it did come back, but he, they never called. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is one of my favorites. We had, oh boy, is this ever fascinating. This is definitely this is what, what people, people yeah, this is what they want. We have over the years had a variety of things involving coaxial cable done to our house. Uh, we had cable a long time ago. Um, we had, we got a direct TiVo in 2001. Right. And boy, the, the the cowboy who installed that was really he was he was he <laughs> was TiVo? in his own yeah. Well, they the don't like the cable cards. They do not the like cable cards. Oh my god! Do you remember? Do you remember Gruber's story about trying to get the HBO card? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they only brought one card and it was broken. They came back two weeks later and had another card and it was broken. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. Um, no, but in this case, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But there's a lot of legacy stuff that happens with coax because the way it works is you've got Comcast, bong, 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 and they basically have a bunch of people with magnetic signs on the side of an American truck. They don't actually work for Comcast. These are people who are mainly people on parole, uh, people who were thrown out of the military, <laughs> and they have a multi-tool and an attitude. And they show up, and the last thing in the world that these people want to do is put in new coax. So what they do, if there's anything that has to happen at all, they take out their multi-tool, they, they futz around with some couplers, they, they introduce lots of noise, which is really surprisingly easy to do with a long piece of coax. So, I mean, we had this, this weird, like, city of Rome uh, system of coax, and we're like, our, our, our internet signal kept dropping. And, and so finally they came out and like, th- there has been so much extraneous extra coax introduced into your home that there's now not enough signal to keep the digital signal up. Right. You know, it's a zero or a one. There was not enough to make a one. <laughs> and so we had to, and so, you know, but the thing is you don't get, they don't send out like Enrico Fermi to fix this. There isn't like somebody who comes out with a Ponsnez and goes, I think I see the problem right here. <laughs> Cause he's obviously. <laughs> German. Yeah. Um, German Italian. He's an, he's an axis physicist. <laughs> but, um, but, but anyway, and so, but I, I have been in that situation on at least, I want to say almost half a dozen occasions where I'm on the phone with somebody who's asking me things like, am I using a Mac or a PC? Which is still one of my favorite questions. Right. Cause that matters. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and they're not asking to tell you which browser to launch or anything. They're asking cause, you know, those Macs don't work well on the internet. <laughs> oh, no. You kidding me? They got all kinds of compatibility problems. Yeah. You know what the footprint is for uh, supporting that kind of stuff on a coax network? <laughs> you know what's even involved, Dan? Have you ever even looked into that? I've anyway, never checked it out. But I have on, on several occasions been on the phone with somebody, and I honestly felt like I was losing my mind. Where somebody says, I say, hi, uh, the cable's out. And of course, you know, I've learned to stop doing this. But for many years, I was, as you may guess, that guy. Uh, so are you using a Mac or PC? Listen. <laughs> Listen. Kid. I have been using computers. Every day since 1987, yeah. since, since, since before your parents even had that ill-advised relationship, I have been using computers. I have unplugged everything. I have replugged everything. I have fully cycled it. I went to 192.168.100.1 and restarted this. I have, I've got, I've done, I've done the entire thing. And now there is still no internet. I stopped doing that, but, but I've got what you got where you go. Uh, hey, yeah, 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 go through all the, the, the uh, you know, phone jail. You finally get to a person. You say, hey, you know, I'm not getting a signal here. Can you, you know, do the stuff and ping it from your end? And and honestly, I, I still don't understand this. And this is why, you know what? Jason, our friend Jason Giardino, who works for Dong Dong Dong, is probably going to chime in on this. He's a listener and he's a friend and he's a good guy to call if you have trouble with Dong Dong Dong. Cable Town. But they say, I, we're not seeing any signal from your end. We're not, we're not, we're not, yeah. we're, I just ran a ping. And in I'm other not words, gonna, it's like saying that, well, that's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. And you've it's, it's, <laughs> you've though, done something. As though, obviously I have unplugged it. I said, you know what? I got a day off today. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to bump the coax and I'm going to sit here on the phone and just make this person miserable. I'm just going to sit here. I, I, the cable works totally fine, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to see how long I can keep this person on the phone. That would be really funny. So now it's back up. It is funny though. It is funny. Uh, it gets to this kind of um, idea of like uh, coincidence because, you know, to, to their credit, I guess, as with anything like your your electricity or your water or anything, you really do start to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And and so like if something doesn't work, like I know what the I I was trying to set up. Uh, I was thinking of giving our daughter an old iPhone uh, as her own like little game iPhone. Mm-hmm. 
was having trouble getting it. It's a f- iPhone four, and I couldn't get it. Um, what's the word? You put the SIM card in. You have to get it uh, booted, like, up. approved, booted. No, you know it won't. It it refuses to like handshake uh, with with the authorized authenticated, but. But it wouldn't let me in. It wouldn't let me into to the modem. I tried. I tried. I tried tethering. I tried all these different things. But the thing, the point is, I started to feel like a crazy person. Like you get into this 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 stack of insanity where you start questioning your insanity. That's that's what I felt like with the uh, when I had put the monstrosity modem in. And that, like, what a crazy coincidence is that? That the one day out of whatever three or five years that I changed something about the the modem is the one day that the that the internet goes out. It kind of feels like like they're out to get you. No, it really does, and uh, and it's it's one of those things, like you're saying that when the it's like when the power goes out in your house, you're like, well, what are we going to do now? Like, you don't even know where to start. Like, you'd kind of look around, and you're like, what do we what what do we do up in this place? I what honestly, do we do here? Yeah. Like, it's it's like, well, I guess I could I could you know organize those cables or something. Yeah, I think there's two parts to it. There's the one part, which is that no matter how often the power goes out or for what reason, I always feel like I'm instantly in the Stone Age. Yeah. And I have no idea what to do. Now, if we know there's like bad weather coming, it's kind of a fun event around the house. Like we make a tent, you know, we check all the flashlights, we get candles, we do all the stuff if we know. And of course, then inevitably the power won't go out and she's really disappointed. But if the power just goes out, like apropos of nothing, the first part is you feel like you're in the stone age. But the second part and the part you were, I think, wrestling with today is the sense of there's no way anybody in the universe can tell me how long this is going to be. It's like your flight delay we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, there's not, I don't, I don't know what to do. And it makes me feel like such a simp that I could be such a theoretically sophisticated person and just be sitting there going like, should we count the candles? Mm -hmm. Like, what should we do? No, we got Uno in our life now, which helps a lot. Uno's, Uno's good for lots of things. The game? The game. The card game. You should play Uno. I have played, I didn't, I haven't played that in a while. What's, how does this work? I've been so long since I played this game. Uno's great because you can learn it really fast. And uh, there is some skill to it. We is also there have speed. Of, is it one of the, where? You, is it like uh, you got to throw the car down fast and, and hit you get something? A clock. You hit a clock. Yeah, your castle. Yeah. Um, no, no. It's a it's a card game, and uh, you got uh, numbers and wild cards and skips and reverses, and you, little kids can pick it up pretty fast mm. and and get vicious. My daughter is vicious. I don't know, but it's a lot of fun. I don't think this is what people tune in for. What do we got? We got we got uh, you got internet. Uh, you got coincidences. You got waiting. We got a lot of nice responses from the um, various uh, travel discussions. People seem to enjoy that. I was happily surprised by that. It's kicked off something in me, so that now I'm I've I've gone back into my slightly obsessive uh, mode when it comes to packing now. And I went through and I. I've been starting to make new uh, changes and optimizations to. Are you are you rethinking your workflow? Yeah, I mean, I'm well. I'm rethinking a You've lot of back, things. Huh. I'd love to hear more about it. Well, so after our show, I went back and I reevaluated some of the things that I was obviously some of the things I was doing, like that seat pocket. I'll never use that. I mean, forget that. But. Just some of the things that I was doing that I'd sort of taken for granted as being like, well, you know, these these are the best ways to do it. I've, I've been looking at that and I've been saying, like, for example, do you pack when you when you pack 
toiletries. Aside from your, you know, your, your special pills, mm-hmm. what do you take with you? What, what do you pack in your toiletry section? That's not, you know, you don't have to get super personal about it. No, I'm, I'm happy to. Uh, in a carry-on bag scenario? Yeah, you, you've got, because I, people like us, we have the one carry-on bag, whether it's the one bag that you were describing or whether it's a rollerboard like I use or whatever. You're not checking a bag. You have this one thing. You're gone for four nights. Four nights. You leave Monday, get back Friday. What do you? What is in your toiletry bag? I have a uh, one of those little clear bags, like to give to kids in elementary school. So, like you know, like a little clear three 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 bag, whatever it's called, three three one, whatever it's called. You know, it's got like a little clear bag so you can see inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a, a tiny shaving cream and a razor, mm-hmm. a toothbrush, tiny toothpaste, deodorant, mm-hmm. hair stuff in a little canister. Uh, fancy toothpicks, and sometimes uh, pill things like ibuprofen, but not usually. So mm-hmm. I throw that all in that clear bag. I throw that in my backpack in the front section because I know I'm going to have to put it into the robot before it gets, you know. That's a rookie mistake that even a lot of people still make is they, they forget and they pack their toiletries in the carry-on bag and then then the guy yells at them because you, you, you got to take it out. Yeah. Is that still the case? That's still the case, right? It, it seems to be whenever I'm uh, with uh, women, I think have more of a problem with this now than men. I've never once been asked to take that toiletry bag out. But anytime that I go anywhere with a, a woman of, of any age or level of experience traveling, they always have to pull their, their cosmetics bag. Out. Well, it was the rule. It used to, again, I don't know how much, I guess stuff is already changing in the, in the crazy world of TSA, but it used to be you had to have less than three ounces, no more than three, I think it was no more than three containers of three ounces, something like that. And, uh, it had to be in a, in a, like where they could see it. It had to be, it seems like there was a time when they wanted it in a clear bag. I could be remembering no, that No, they wrong. definitely did because they wanted to see, <laughs> Merlin, they yeah. wanted to see your fluids. Uh, the stuff I like to pour into my shoe before I ignite yeah, it. Yeah, to mix it up. No, I think... Uh, so, do you bring shampoo? No. Do you bring conditioner? No. Do you bring soap? Uh, increasingly, yes. Because you, you think you think it's going to be in there, but you don't. You no, no. There's a place we stayed a few weeks ago, Dan. I have avoided telling you about it, but you don't. You don't know what you're facing, and there's there are small comforts, and sometimes I'll bring along something like um like a lovely uh, bath gel or something because it's nice yeah. to take a. But no, that, that's all. And I've never had any problems with that. I'm really confused about what is allowed to, what electronics are allowed to stay in the bag at this point. They can all I'm, be I, in everything. You don't have to take out your laptop anymore. Okay. So there's a, one situation where you don't have to take out your laptop. And that is there is some kind of TSA approved bag where if it's like, if your laptop is the only thing in the bag or it has a special way where you can flip the front open and they can scan it that way, then you don't have to take it out anymore but this is this is uh can be a hit or miss kind of a thing so i so it's my my toiletry thing is pretty similar to yours the one difference being uh i also have floss in there oh floss is good you gotta have floss i got fancy toothpicks oh are those the kind that have like a little c shape at the end of them the little like and it has I, a little uh, i think this is 
pretty definitely what people tune in for. Mm-hmm. What are mine called? I don't have a fresh packet of them here. They're in a little, uh, they're plastic in nature, mm-hmm. and they're kind of a natural, like a whitish color. Mm-hmm. And they got a pointy end, and then they got a bristly end, and they're extremely satisfying. Oh, that thing. Yeah. That gets in there? You can get that in there? Cl- close enough for hotel work. Okay. So that would what's, be the only what, other thing. What's the hang up though? What have you are you are you worried that you're underpacking, overpacking? What's what's the hang up for you on the toiletries? No, I I just I was putting in stuff that I felt like in retrospect like a tide stick. I, I had that yeah. in there. I'm now that's gone. You know, I was too many what I was packing for what if scenarios as opposed uh, to you see? Well, what yeah, if no, I get no, a little stain? Oh, I dude, I totally see. see. Oh, no, no, no. Now I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, I would say you can err, generally err on the side of, with tiny things like that, you can err on the side of too much. You know, like, like I, uh, I, I sometimes bring, feel like I bring too much in terms of electronic dongles, but like if I'm doing a presentation, like I really do want to have, sometimes <clears throat> when, I, when I've been doing a lot in the past, I'll bring an extra remote and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but no, my problem was like, I always think of that line from Seinfeld about, you know, well, who are you, Diana Ross, you know, <laughs> yeah. have to have to be prepared for the mini moods of George. You know, I, I, I that has been me historically. I, I am famously laughed at by many of my friends, even like, like people now still laugh at me because I, I would bring two suitcases for, and one of them was just all like computer stuff. Like, I don't know what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to put on some kind of an IMAX movie at the Marriott. I don't know. But no, I've really, I, I think the thing is, I, what I learned, and this may be what you're saying, what I've learned is from experience is that I bring way too much of stuff I never even touch and way not enough of stuff that I, I could use twice as many of. So like I've learned, like I, t-shirts and socks, like it's okay, just bring a lot. Mm-hmm. Because when you run out of t-shirts, especially somewhere hot, it's a, it's, if you go to Florida and you didn't bring enough, like short sleeve shirts, you got to do laundry. Yeah, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be in big trouble. I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, I, right, I hold, hold on. Oh, here so. it is. Checkpoint friendly is the term I was looking for. And these are things called checkpoint friendly laptop bags. Hmm. All right. And so here are the requirements for a bag that allows you to be checkpoint friendly that means you don't have to take it out all right your laptop bag has a designated laptop only section that you can lay flat on the x-ray belt there are no metal snap zippers or buckles inside underneath or on top of the laptop only section there are no pockets on the inside or outside of the laptop only section there is nothing in the laptop compartment other than the laptop and you have completely unfolded your bag so that there is nothing above or below the laptop only section allowing the bag to lie flat on the x-ray belt so the key part is, though, you flip that thing over right. without having to remove it. Right. So it's like a, what, what, what we call in the business the butterfly style. Like what, yeah. you, what, you, what you do to a nice steak when you cook it. I see that in the infographic here, mm-hmm. butterfly style. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's different from uh, buffalo style. Buffalo. Na- Nana Cherry. Hi. We always stand in a buffalo stand. <laughs> <laughs> we do the dive. DJ. Every time we dance. Every time. Um, did you want to tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you about a little company called Shutterstock. Oh yeah. You're going to find at this, at this little, little site, there's a brand new little site, shutterstock.com, a mere 28 million images. They've got stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and a million now video clips. 
So let's say you've got a project that you're working on. You need some really great imagery. You need some vector icons for a presentation you're working on. You need some iconography for your website. You need a cute little video to show to impress this client that you're trying to land. Whatever it is. Maybe you just have a website with a blog post and you want a cool background. Maybe you're Jim Dalrymple with uh, the Loop magazine and you want a cool cover image. All of these things are available and more at Shutterstock.com. They're adding 20,000 images every single day, 12,000 videos each week, and it's very affordable. You get the high-resolution version of all of these things for one price, one price, and it's very easy to curate and share the pictures via light boxes. When I was sick, Merlin went and made a little light box of sick people. Sick children. Sick children. You can do this on their free iPad app, which is a wonderful experience, or just use the website. And uh, they even have 24-hour support during the week. If you have any troubles, if you have questions, if you need help, they're there to help you out. And there is a free browse account. You can do all this without paying for anything. This is at Shutterstock.com. And when you're ready to purchase something, could be something small, could be thousands of images, could be their subscription thing where you can download 25 images a day, every day. The code is back to work 1013. So back to work spelled out 1013. This is going to get to 25% off anything you put together over at Shutterstock. Thank you very much to Shutterstock.com for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. You are so good. I've been practicing that. Yeah. It shows. I got a topic for you. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Do it. Preparation. H. 80, 84. 82. 82? Sorry. I'll get it next time. H? Oh, oh, I see. Preparing. You were making a hemorrhoid joke. Yes. Okay. Um, hmm. No, so, okay. so anyway, what I was saying, because this will segue or dovetail into this conversation of preparation, is that I was, I was trying to think of not what I need, but what I might need. And I have since abandoned, and I, I've gone through different cycles of this. But I've even abandoned that little bit that I was doing. And I've also, here's the thing, four nights, Merlin, in a hotel room. What, what, can I get really personal with you? Yes. What do you sleep in when you're staying in a hotel? Because you know there could be a fire. Oh, what, yeah. what do I sleep in when I, when, I go to, when I go to bed? Yeah, when you sleep in. I mean, you know, foundation wear. Yeah. You wear so yeah. a little a little t shirt. I, I don't bring jammies and I'm not naked. Right. Yeah. So you got like but a I mean, t shirt. Yeah. So what do you what do you what do you wear? Oh, like a Tyvek suit? T shirt, t shirt, boxers, you know. Mm-hmm. So um I don't see you as a boxer guy. Only what what do you mean? I don't know. I, I see you as a man who's very proud of his body. I see you wearing something much more form fitting, maybe even a little bit lurid. Lurid. No, uh, not quite a T back, like a Y back. No, I, what are these things so called? Kind of these left. are the things that are, so they're shaped, they're like boxers boxer in, briefs. Boxer in briefs. shape, but then yeah. they have, yeah, they, they're elastic so that yeah. they're not all like, you're not all loosey goosey in there. You know what I'm saying? I do. You like I don't, but it, I don't yeah. want to necessarily need to sleep in something that's quite that restrictive. So, so you could. So, you so take, there's you, a looser. For, anyway, listen. Here, that's not the point. Okay. The point is, how many of those do you bring? Are you a repeat sleeper? Do you repeat the? Uh, do you repeat the, uh, the the T-shirt at least, or do you have to bring a different varies. T-shirt for every night? 
you know, it varies heavily by personal style. Here, here's all I can tell you about myself, and this can lead you to tell me about yourself. But I know with, <clears throat> with myself, I wear very much, let's just say for the sake of argument, almost the same thing every day. And I'm, not, I'm certainly not above wearing pants for three weeks in a row. I, I rotate them. I rotate them. But I mean, but, you know, the thing is, I, I go into that situation thinking about this um, fantastic idea of myself as somebody who goes, oh, I would calculate the number of days that I am there. I will bring one pair of pants for each day plus one. And it's like, I don't need that many pants. It's, that's, that's crazy. I've, I haven't worn that many pants in the last month, let alone in like two or three days. Yeah. Have a backup pair in case you get like a stain or something. But I mean, um, <clears throat> that's my problem is like a, a basic, and I don't want to get to the topic too quickly, but but I think there's a there's a difference between. Well, no, I mean I think part of preparation is that preparation comes partly from a place of at least unknown and probably anxiety to some extent. Definitely, because you don't know exactly what you're getting into. In the case of us talking about our toiletries, I'll tell you, man, I've been to lots of places. Like I'm a Marriott man, and I've been to lots of Marriotts where like they give me everything I could want in a. Um, toiletries bag and like mm-hmm. a nicer version. Like there's a razor there. They'll give you a razor. Usually not a great razor, but, but you absolutely can't count on that. Or in the case of like going to like this, like this little really cheap place we ended up, oh my God, don't ask a few weeks ago, like the, the soap in the room was so weird. I didn't even want to use the soap. Mm. Like just even like wash my hands. It just, it was like that soap from when we were kids, you know, and, uh, it would be like in a bus station in individual packets in like a, you know, like, ugh, like really, really weird. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like to get sensible about preparation and in, including packing is that you have to find some way to like, not prepare just for anxiety, but to prepare for reality. Because reality is actually weirdly more likely to happen than anxiety. And of course, the trick ending, there's no way to avoid the anxiety producing situation you're likely to run into. Most of which anxiety situations will not be well served by you having a 200 pound bag to now carry around. Mm -hmm. If you find out your hotel room got given away, having like seven days worth of toiletries is just more stuff to carry around to a place where you don't have a room yet. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there are consequences to, to uh, you know, bringing everything in the world and it still doesn't really make your anxiety go away. No. In your case, I would say like, it sounds like you're traveling more and you're getting a rhythm for this. I just feel like whenever I go somewhere hot, bring lots of shirts. You know, I don't, I don't think I need like, you know, seven pairs of jammies or anything like that. But again, for me, stuff, I've, the really silly stuff, like I said a couple episodes ago, bring in a cup, like a big, big cup for a big glass of water. That gives me a lot of comfort in a hotel room because it drives me crazy. I drink a lot of water. And to have to like go through those little like shot glasses they give you in the room, which I'm already kind of a little sketchy about to begin with. Um, I don't know the answer, but it sounds like you are you are crossing a certain river sticks here, where you're trying to figure out how to get better at this, reduce some of the stress, but also still be comfortable and prepared. Yeah, you want to know it's it's it it has to do with trying to find that balance between what you're fairly sure will happen and what you're scared or anxious about maybe happening it, it, yeah it's you know the, there's that balance there's a fine line and i w- i think i was walk even though i was a pretty minimalist i mean i could do five f- easy five nights in a in a 20 inch rollerboard easy easy but now i feel like i c- need to consolidate more i need to get rid of everything yeah, and start with what's the minimum that I can do and still maintain, you know, a certain standard of living that I'm accustomed to. Uh huh. Well, hmm. 
And I'm there. I think I'm there. Okay, well, can, but can let's I jump talk, in? Yeah, let's jump in about preparation. Let's do well, it. Well, but it's still related to this. Uh, uh, here's one thing I'm going to say, and this maybe will get us out of the event, our long travel arc. But, you know, I think whenever you're going to travel somewhere, I used to, I, when I was traveling a lot, I got pretty good at this, not super great at this. But I, uh, I, I when the, as the words come out of my mouth, it sounds so silly, but like do some research on where you're staying and find out stuff like, um, Find out what it would cost to get dry, dry cleaning or, you know, or laundry done. The answer is it's going to be really expensive, but that's really good to know. Um, you, you know, stuff like, again, find out like where, where the closest kind, if there's food that you like, in your case, you want to avoid glutens, find out certain places that, that, that might be nearby that you can get delivery or go pick up food. All that stuff. It sounds so goofy. I'll tell you one for me is I always like to find out. Yeah, swimming pool's good. I'm not a swimmer, but I love like steam rooms and saunas. I, I will always go to a steam room if a place I'll go there. I'll I'll like feign a you know, an illness to leave a meeting so I can go sit in the steam room. <laughs> I love that. So that in that case, if I didn't bring my swimsuit along with me, I'm gonna feel like a real doofus because that's often a highlight of the trip for me. Like the morning I check out, I'll go and go to the steam room and hang out and check out and leave feeling relaxed and great. Um that's that's a kind of preparation that's not difficult. And the reason I think that's valuable, first of all, you can assuage some of your own anxieties. Uh, a bunch of places I've stayed in the last couple of years, really weird. They're like, I think increasingly hotels are like over alongside or amidst like a small shopping center. Mm-hmm. So it might not be like the best stuff in the world, but at the last place I, t- uh, I did a talk in South Carolina and there was a Brookstone in the lobby. <laughs> like, and there was... But I mean, you know, I mean, like the place we stayed with our family not long ago. Good to know there was a flower shop downstairs. So I was able to get my wife flowers. Good to know. Well, the thing is, it's not that hard to go to the website. Well, actually, it is that hard because hotel websites generally suck. But a little bit of that research will tell you. Also, go ahead and look this again. All so obvious. But go and look at the weather, the likely weather for the next week, because you might be thinking again, boy, people who come to San Francisco and think they know what they're in for. You know, uh, they may think they're going to come here like in the next two weeks and have nice fall weather. We're just coming out of the hot part and just going into the rainy part where for the next four months, it'll rain. Pretty likely it'll rain a little bit almost every day. It's the only time of year it rains. That's think about how that changes the way that you traveled or that you that you packed, for example. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is and I have something much more, I hope, interesting to say. But first, the, the preparation part begins with research and knowing Here's a really obvious question. When I'm going to do business stuff or do a talk, it sounds obvious, but I always ask like, what, how are you dressing for this meeting? Mm. Rather than just saying, what's the dress code? Cause they'll say, you know, um, you know, what's that horrible phrase? Um, business casual. Oh yeah. That's the worst. That's just like, what does really that mean? Anything. It means tasseled loafers and dockers, I mm. think. But, uh, ask the person who's your host there. What are they going to wear? And so, for example, so, you know, you might feel like a real dork if you brought like a, like a three piece suit and everybody else is running around in resort wear. You might look a little bit out of place. I don't know. I guess I just feel like I, 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 one way to put my demons at bay is just to do a little bit of research, go beyond Yelp and go beyond travel, go beyond travel advisor, go into Google Maps view. How close are you really to that bus station? Yeah. How close are you really to that subway station? Cause you know, like when I was in New York, man, I saved myself so much money by last time I was in, was it in New York? You just save so much money by adding a little extra time and taking a train, uh, rather than, um, you know, getting a cab. That was true in Atlanta for sure. Um, I don't know. I just feel like information can be an excellent tonic for anxiety. 
if you go and find out a little bit more about the environment you're going to be in, you will feel a lot less anxiety rather than just guessing all the things that could go wrong. Sorry, that was long and not useful. No, it's very useful. I think, you know, what you're, I remember, do you remember that episode of Hypercritical where John Syracuse had just talked about his travel concerns and flying concerns? And, and if you think about it, it, it touches the, the essence, the details are different, but the essence of what he was talking about all had to do with preparation. It all had to do with what if, what if, what if, you know? And yes. it's like when you're talking about, Going in prepared, it's it's like you said before, researching your hotel, find out what they're going to have. Here's an example, and I know we're going back to the hotel thing, but here this is this is just an example. And and you know what? This is the same kind of topic that we were talking about when we were talking about flying last week. Is preparation? Do a little bit of research. You're really talking about research, aren't you? Researching the situation that you're going to go into by saying to somebody, "What are you going to be wearing to this?" That's it's research. research. It's, it's, yes, it is. It's, it's, but it's research with a hypothesis. Okay. So the problem is most of us just run with the hypothesis and say, hey, what's every conceivable way that this could turn out? You know, uh, but if you know that there's four or five things that you need to go a certain way, you know what you can do? This is a real crazy one. Call the front desk at the hotel. The same kind of questions that you would ask if you were panicking at one in the morning, call and ask them now. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, a, is there a place nearby where I can get a steak after nine? Right. And they'll probably be able to tell you. Or, you know, or in that case, you might even be able to say, you know, I mean, stuff like bringing a, uh, you know, it doesn't weigh that much more to bring a toothbrush and a razor. Like they can get that for you, but you're kind of better off to pack that if you think of it. And once you start packing a lot, you'll have like a basic go bag. I mean, I've had like, you know, a toiletries bag that it's just a matter of keeping, you know, replenished. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing is if, if you travel once a year, ignore this, right? But if you travel once every month or two, there's a good chance that you can have that little bag set up you that un, unless you're out of something or something is going to expire inside of it uh not die but expire like you know not be good anymore then you never need to touch that never unpack that how much trouble is it to get two tubes of toothpaste one for you to travel with and one for you not and then just leave the one that you travel with in that bag you don't need to unpack people who are packing their uh their their toiletry bag you know, the night before the trip, you know, they need to go to school. Yeah. Well, I just uh, very far afield from this, but still worth mentioning. This is a little bit risky, but I've done this to good success. If there's a, if I'm doing like a presentation type thing and I, and I know I'm going to like go through small airports and it, there's the potential risk of the flight or the whole trip being a little weird. Um, if there's stuff you absolutely don't need on the plane and stuff you absolutely won't need for a couple days, just do like a UPS two day shipment to the hotel. Right. I mean, they, they can generally handle stuff like sure. that. And that your stuff is there waiting for you packed. It hasn't been rifled through, you know, it's all good to go. But, you know, I, you know, I, I hate to admit this, but I mean, I used to have a basic little form that I would fill out because I realized there was certain stuff whenever I was about to travel somewhere, I would go through ATMs check. Um, again, places that have like a high protein uh, source nearby <laughs> check office supply stores. It's a really good idea to know if there is an office supply store because I almost always need an office supply store when I'm in town. Maybe that's just me. That's my affliction, but that's good to know. I like going to a bookstore when I'm in town. If there's a bookstore nearby, a comic bookstore, that stuff is all good to know. And the thing is with Google Maps, you can go in and Google Maps and go create a map for that trip and put all of that stuff on a map and it's all just right there with you now. 
you could just, you know, you could print the whole thing out and have it with you. But, you know, there's been times when it's like a Wednesday at, at you know, I'm flying out that day maybe, and it's Wednesday at nine something, and I'm thinking, hmm, what if there's a comic book store? And it's like, if I had thought ahead a little bit, you know, I would have been able to go and have a nice leisurely trip there. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but relate, can, can I, can I, can I hop a little? Yeah. Well, here's what, here's where I think this applies partly to work stuff. Cause one reason I would travel often was to go and do presentations and, uh, you know, talks if you like. And, um, that to me is one where the idea of how you prepare is a, is a very interesting idea that's always evolving to me. I mean, in the best, you know, for most people who do the same talk over and over, you get really good at it. You have a back, like a fallback plan, but. I guess I got into this phase where that continues to this day where I still, I kind of want each, I'm always willing to just throw out my slides and wing it because I want it to be fresh. But that also causes a lot of anxiety for me because I'm like, what if I get up there and I freeze? What if I get up and I'm, the jokes aren't selling with mm-hmm. the audience? Mm-hmm. You know, it really would have been nice if I had a, a really lame PowerPoint. I could just walk through and come out of this with, you know, with my head still on my shoulders. <laughs> but uh, there's this phrase, um, I guess, I guess I feel like, so, so like I'll get into this weird anxious procrastination mode where I'm like, Oh my God, I got to get ready. I got to get ready. I got to get ready. And I'm just producing more and more anxiety about this thing. But like, how do I really want to be when I walk up there? Well, when I walk up there, I want to be relaxed. But the thing is, all of my impulses in preparation are to keep feeding that anxiety. Like, you know, fill out more index cards, organize them more. Uh, start making this new thing and, oh, this is too complicated. I'm going to start over in Keynote. I'm going to go get more stock art. And it's like all those impulses, in my experience, with a little bit of distance, lead me so much further into anxiety rather than relax, relaxation, uh, the relaxation of feeling structurally prepared. So there's what I'm, whether it's packing or whether it's doing a presentation in front of strangers, the things that I obsess about are like a hundred million tiny details that could go wrong. And I might spend so much time obsessing over these tiny details that nobody but me is worried about that I lose the relaxation of having a good structure. So, for example, learning the four or five things when you pack that you really want to have a certain way, the four or five pieces of information you know you're going to want to know when you arrive there, the phone number of the person who's going to pick you up from the airport, all that kind of stuff. Like, relax and give yourself a break. And in my case, if I am going to go in and I don't say wing it, it's not like I'm just making it up, but I do so much better if I have a general structure for the talk that I think is very sound. I know it starts here. I know it ends there. And I know the ins and outs of getting through these three major acts of the talk. And by doing things like Michael Lopp one time, I think it was Michael Lopp, used that phrase, the Italian run through which is where you sit down with your slide deck and you just kind of go through it, you know, really, really fast. You don't do the entire thing, but you basically might've been Jeff Fien, I forget, but you go through and you do all of your slides in like 10 minutes just to make sure that you remember how it all goes. Right. Cause I might way over prepare on the first five slides and completely forget how I'm going to end it. So in, 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 what's, um, this is not making a whole lot of sense, but in both of those instances, in so many of the things that involve preparation, it's so important to relax to where you understand the structure that you want to have, the the big the big rocks, if you like, and then the implementation details are important, but they're going to be easier to deal with once you have a sound structure. Right. So you you you. It's almost like you're. Yeah, I was reading uh, a thing about Goodfellas and how there was a script for most of the scenes, but most of the scenes that are 
people's favorite scenes. One goes one way, one goes the other, and how am I funny and all of that. Those actually came from using that script as a, a sort of a framework. And then they just ad-libbed and riffed off of one another. And then they sort of rewrote the script based on that ad-libbing and redid the best parts of whatever came out of those ad-lib sessions. When you're really comfortable giving a talk or something like that, what you're saying is, I, I kind of know this format. I know what I need to say. But within the context of that, I can change it up. I can say something funny. Oh, if the audience is in a really laughy mood, that, maybe I'll throw an extra joke in there. Or maybe I'll tell a little story where my, I might not if I was wearing a suit and tie in front of a corporate audience, for example. Yeah, totally. It's, it is a little more agile in the classic sense of the word where you can be a little more limber, a little more on your feet. Yeah. Here's another example that I think is germane to both is just the whole idea of outlining. And, and what we use outlining for. I'm, I'm a big fan of outlining. I, you know, just in the sense of sitting in a text file in Markdown or sitting in on the outliner. It's, it's, it, you know, some people like mind maps, which are the kind of the visual version of, of a uh, outliner, but that's a great way to do a, to just, just a big dump of all of your ideas. And especially if you're doing it in, uh, in an app, you can always go and rearrange things. But I think uh, for myself, I arrive at that point. I don't mean to obsess about anxiety, but I mean, that's the source of a lot of things that end up being a problem is I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many things I want to say. I'm not sure what I want to say. Do I have anything to say? Doing that big dump of topics is really informative along the lines almost of like a mental sweep and getting things done. But you get all that stuff on a page or on index cards or however you like to roll. You get all that stuff out there. But then I think if you've got all that stuff out there you can, and you start identifying patterns at a certain point, I don't want to say throw the outline away, but what I will say is just because you've invested a lot of mental energy in the outline doesn't mean that the outline should be the star of the show. Because then if you use that outline for your presentation and you know, you've know you been up all night, you've been drinking coffee and you're all keyed up and like this outline feels like all that stands between you and madness. <laughs> so you've got to stick to the outline. Yeah. But, but And if you've never tested that outline in front of a live audience or in front of a cast in that case, you're going to give up a lot of opportunities to be in the room when it's happening. If, if, if you stick too closely to some script that, uh, you know, you banged out, you miss opportunities to have having Joe Pesci, you know, in the room and That's what right. that guy could do with yeah, it. Yeah. Again, trusting yourself structurally to know that like that outline may be what helps you keep the demons at bay, but that doesn't mean you should turn that into like your own little personal <laughs> demon zoo that mm-hmm. you intend to. Dr. Philism. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but that I, I felt like I've, I sometimes made it through presentations and felt like I could have done a lot better if I just relaxed because they want me to be good. Yeah, like uh, they're, they, they want you to have a really, really great presentation. That's why they're there. They, they want to have a good time. But if I'm, I'm mostly feeling anxious about my performance and, you know, hewing really closely to this thing I wrote two hours ago, you know, that kind of cuts off the opportunity for me to do lots of interesting stuff that might sort of come up. Do you know what I mean? Like what? Um, well, I don't know. It's funny. I hmm, I shouldn't say this, but no, let's hear it. Sometimes you can really tell when something's coming from an outline. We joke about that with with this show, but uh, I mean, it's it's pretty unusual that I have more than a couple of bullets I've written down. But you can really tell when you're. <laughs> there's so much you can learn from bad presentations, and there are so many gr- terrible presentations that you will learn from. But one of them is where you can see where somebody has has mainly concentrated on coming up with saying the crap out of something. I'm going to say this so hard and so many times, and it's going to be so clear. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to tell them what I'm going to tell them. And I'll tell them, I'll tell them what I told them. And I'm going to follow all those rules. But then you get up there and there's absolutely no humanity in the thing. 
it's clear that that person is mainly thinking about how soon they can hit the clicker to go right, to the next right, thing right, in the right. outline because because oh my gosh I'm almost up to halfway of my allotted time and I'm not halfway through my outline. That's okay because it'll help you not die on stage, but it's probably not going to be great because there has to be some, uh, what's uh, Gil Fransdahl, the spaciousness. There has to be a little bit of air in the room and there has to be a little bit of air in your presentation. And you don't want to seem careless, but like when you do it enough, you get to where, like in my case, you know, I've always, if I'm, if I'm even in the slightest bit funny, I think it's much closer to improv than stand up. Stand up stuff I'm not sure I could ever do, but sometimes I'll, I'll say something. And if I get a big laugh, I'll pause, <laughs> let that be in the room for a minute. And then sometimes you can attack on another laugh by saying something after that. But some of my favorite things are when something it just lands with a dud. Like I say something and either I said something really dumb and controversial and people are like thinking about it or I said something I thought was going to be really funny and it wasn't. Well, in the world of improv, that's an opportunity. If that just went really badly, then that just told me something about the audience's reaction to what I've said. And probably about the worst thing I could do at that point is to act like it didn't happen and scurry forward and start fast talking Mm. and acting like nobody can notice it. Because now, I mean, you look damaged. And you lost an opportunity to introduce some humanity into the show. If I'm on bullet four of five and it didn't go exactly the way I wanted, it might be useful to prod at that for a minute. And so you'll hear me saying things when we talk. You'll hear me say things like, did that make any sense? Or was that crazy? Or has that, no, that's never happened to you. Something like that. Right, right. So if I say to somebody, uh, you know, your job is extremely important and you make six figures a year. But if your phone rang right now, you'd pick that up. Because that could be more important than anything else you're doing. Cricket, 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 <laughs> cricket. No, but not you. That's never happened to you, right? Because all your calls are important. You've got a, you've got a special you got a special add on through Verizon to make sure that nothing unimportant ever happens on <laughs> yeah. your phone, right? But that now when I make that joke, I I had the dud, but I follow up with that because I think that's a true thing, and the people who also think that's a true thing might start kind of quietly chuckling along. Well, you know. That's a certain kind of preparation too. That's the preparation of doing that stuff for five or more years and getting to where, you know, you can kind of listen for what's happening in the room. I don't know. I guess I just feel like sometimes our tools, whether that's a suitcase or an outline, can become our enemy or our adversary, not enemy, adversary, because, you know, we end up fighting it. You know, we, when I had that uh, red ox bag that I paid all that money for, for that, I finally gave it to John Roderick. I was like, here, you, you take this. It was really expensive. I was like, you'll use this more than I would. He's like, okay. Um, because I had the perfectly packed, according to like these books you can buy on yeah. packing, I had perfectly packed the perfect one bag bag and it was hell. I felt like my shoulder was falling off. Mm. I was uncomfortable. It was too big to put under the seat in front of me and too small to get any respect in the overhead rack. <laughs> so I really felt like a man without a flag. Right. And I realized that wasn't, that wasn't right for me. Well, I could spend the next five years figuring out how to really, really pack that bag, but it wouldn't necessarily make me happy. I should learn structurally from that. What I've learned structurally is that, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere for five days, I'm going to bring a bag, I'll check. I'm not going to put, put, you know, any family heirlooms in it, but it's, I'm, it's so much more relaxing if, you know, again, it's this ridiculous, when we talk about travel, it's this just this ridiculous calculus of like, what time will my flight leave? What time will it arrive? If somebody's picking me up with a, last, the last gig I did in South Carolina, somebody picked me up at the airport at like 9.30. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to check a bag. I had to know ahead when I was going to land because if that bag's not there at 9.30, that person's going to be tapping their foot. If it doesn't show up and I've got to be somewhere at 11 the next morning, I'm going to be screwed. But, you know, once you do all that long, long enough, you, you get 
you can take two giant steps back and like know which parts are really important and which parts to obsess over and which parts to stay relaxed about. And so when I arrive there and I get there and it's 11 the next day and I got to show up and try to be the funny, smart guy, I'm going to do so much better if I've done a couple things that will be easy to forget. So what I, I could sit there all night obsessing over this, this new paradigm, this new, uh, as John would say, thought technology. <laughs> I got this new thought technology about productivity. And I'm going to spring on everybody and I'm going to sit here and drink coffee until I figure it out. What's better off is to go to bed at a decent time, get some sleep, get up the next morning and go to breakfast to meet some of the people that you're going to talk to. Because mm-hmm. I learned so much about what I should say talking to the people in my audience before I talk to them really? than I could ever come up with sitting there and watching uh, Duck Dynasty in the, in the hotel room. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that is a little bit outside the box. Because yeah. my brain, my lizard brain, my outline anxiety lizard brain is saying, no, idiot, idiot, sit here, Barton, you dummy, sit here and work more with the outline. And the outline is just an anxiety sink. It's not anything that's going to give those people a better show. I'm lost. I don't know what this has to do with your suitcase. I just, I just know that like it's, it's easy to feed yourself a, a anxious obsession over the thing that's not actually going to help. But you don't want to, Dan. You don't want to show up in this disgusting hotel room and suddenly realize that if you had picked up one object and put it in your bag, you'd be kicking yourself, thinking if I don't have, I didn't bring this one object that I should have thought to bring, and now you're going to be in this disgusting hotel room and mad at yourself, right? Yeah. Well, and and this is the other thing. I remember somebody that. Um, she used to work for, this is in Florida and she used to work for, um, uh, like a home insurance, uh, company. And as you know, there are all kinds of stupid storms in Florida from hurricanes to just damaging winds. And, uh, her, she would go on something called storm. She'd be say, Oh, I'm going on storm. And what this, <laughs> what this meant is that's what black Panther does. That's right. Uh, and she would, <laughs> that's his power. She Give it a would, minute. She, <laughs> she would go and uh and so like a hurricane would come through and then after the hurricane would go through she would be assigned to that area and spend the following weeks doing insurance adjusting visiting people who had claims about damages to their house and saying oh you know look at this and whatever and she would she would file all of that and she could be gone for a month at a time um and so she had to get really good at packing stuff and one of the things that I, she was giving me advice, she's like, you know, she's like hotels, and we already talked about this, but she's like, hotels have X, Y, and Z. Uh, if you go somewhere and you don't, and they don't have it, like you can buy it. You know, you're not going to the Sahara. You can go to a store. If you forget that that cable, yeah, you may have to spend twenty bucks at the Apple store for it, but like they'll probably sell it. You know, there's so many things that you can do, but I. It's, it's, you're talking more about the interpersonal kind of stuff. You're talking about giving, giving talks and things like that. And I think that your advice to like spend time with those people instead of, people always seem to isolate themselves uh, when they, I'm not saying if they go to like a WWDC where it's very social, but like on a business trip, um, people are often like, they they just they go at the end of the day they go into the hotel room and they'll spend four or five hours in the hotel room or they'll spend three hours before the presentation or the talk or the meeting that's, just that's that's my inclination for sure why why do you think that is is it because you need to sort of you know dis, to recharge is it what's the you know what's it's every, the it, everything it's all those things it's uh part of it is just comfort and and fear like i just feel like i, I want to go get i don't know why i keep thinking about this i have to mention uh, mark Marin has a new um i think pretty new comedy special um on netflix called i think it's called thinky pain 
uh, and he, <laughs> you can, it's got a lot about the, some, yeah, Thinky Pain by Mark Marin, the podcast guy, funny guy. Um, and he talks a lot about this hotel room stuff in there. That's why some of it's on my mind as well as you talking about it. Yeah. But, um, that's a really, I mean, for me, I get in there and I like, I don't know. <laughs> he makes the joke about like, at some point you're in a hotel room, your first thought is, you know what? I should just kill myself. Like, well, instead I'll just do what men do. So this is why you introduce autoerotic asphyxiation, so you can have both. That's right. Anyway, cut all that out. Um, but but you know, being in a hotel room, it's it's so alien. It's so lonely in a lot of ways. And if that lonely loneliness is coupled with anxiety about how it's going to go tomorrow and am I going to make my flight and all that kind of stuff, that's my natural way of being. Unless I do something about it. Um, but you know, you should. Maybe tell me about something you like, and then I'll make, can I make a couple suggestions? I would love that. So the uh, the second thing I like is really everything that Smile makes, uh, specifically something new that they're working on oh, over there. These are our friends, Gene Gray McDonald and friends. If you need to do anything with PDF, the software that you probably should be looking at is PDF Pen. Mm-hmm. You can do simple things like adding a signature. That's something you would want to do, right? But you can also do a lot more. You can make changes to text and images. You can correct typos. You can fill out forms. It's just the beginning. If you have a scanned document, PDF Pen includes OCR, so you can convert it into actual text. Then you can search it. You can copy it. You can correct it. I told you in the past how I did this with uh, a ridiculous, uh, like, scanned image of a menu on a restaurant that we were looking to see if it was gluten-free, if it was going to be paleo compatible, right? So this menu, this menu isn't a regular PDF file. It was like, it was like a PDF of a photo of their menu, <laughs> but I opened it up in PDF pen and I ran the OCR on it and it, and it, and cause it was like a five page menu and it became searchable, became really text. Now that's a, that's a silly example of it, but you can do that with any kind of document, anything that you get, you want to remove information, like pull out a social security number or a tax ID number from a PDF before you share it. You can do that. You can do redaction. You can keep stuff private. Now they have PDF pen six. This is out now and it's uh, easier to use than ever, but smile has something new. Do you know about this? Or you want me to talk about this? I, I, I know about it and I love it. I'm just going to interject one thing here. Yeah. Which is speaking, of, speaking of travel, the person who, who considers you a human fax machine, the person who sends you this goofy form that's basically a photograph of a photograph, like, isn't it funny how often you get that, like, when you're about to take off on a plane? Like, you don't get that when you're near your suite of internet and connectivity tools. Like, you're somewhere out in the middle of freaking nowhere when this stuff comes along. And, like, like how are you going to deal with that? That's how I feel. Yeah. We're like, you know, I'm not back at my big computer. I may have my laptop, probably have a phone. Like, how are you going to deal with this thing? You've got to send this thing back. You're going to be gone for five days. How do you deal with it? And just a few years ago, that was the most bananas idea in the world that you could do anything useful with a PDF on the road, apart from just bring it up and slowly scroll through it. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is a pro app. This is an app for like, if you do business, it was stuff and people like you need to have this app. There's just no question about it. Well, PDF, and now, yeah, and, and now, now, and now, and now, PDF Pen Scan Plus. So you're walking around. You got your iPhone in there. You pull this thing out. You can scan a contract. You scan an invoice, a receipt. Speaking of business travel, you do this right on your iPhone. Your iPad it has OCR. It'll scan it, turn it into the editable text right on your iPhone. Four dollars and ninety nine cents. And uh, our friend, the uh, the young David Sparks. 
has a special video about PDF Pen Scan Plus. You can check out smilesoftware.com slash 5x5. That'll be in the show notes. You can get all this stuff and more. You can go to the Mac App Store. You can get it directly from Smile. Whatever you want, but please check out that URL and, and, and the work that uh, young Sparky is doing. Smilesoftware.com slash 5x5. Go check these folks out. Thanks very much to Smile for supporting 5x5 and back to work. Great stuff they make. They never stop. Thanks for, thanks for supporting my life. My They're God, like Miley Cyrus. Know. They can't stop. Hmm. Is that right? Won't stop? They don't stop. Mm. Mm. I don't need to see that lady's tongue for a while. I'm good. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. No, it's all right. uh, you see the Wes Anderson uh, trailer? <laughs> oh, no, that- I haven't seen the Wes Anderson trailer yet. How could I okay. miss that? It was, that just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Should we pause yeah, the Saturday? show? Yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind going to the bathroom anyway. Want to go pause it and watch it? No, not really. You just don't like the idea of me uh, going to the bathroom while you watch Wes Anderson. I don't like the idea of you going to the bathroom and then coming back. I wash my hands. Well, as far as you know. Mm. Uh, sometimes, uh, for me, uh, the the impulses that I have uh, to try and avoid something, um, like in that case, like anxiety about a presentation or something, or feeling like I don't know, I just hate feeling like out in the middle of nowhere, and like it's one reason. FLO or IDA is so difficult for me is I just I feel like it's just I just it's so hard to get anywhere that would make me happy and like if I got there I still wouldn't be happy I would still be eating bourbon ribs or something and like I I just it's lonely it feels lonely so I mean I don't know I I, just just if you're like me and you are you know uh, I'm not about to say I'm introverted that's a little bit hot to say right now everybody's an introvert nowadays but I am actually kind of introverted in the sense that there's a certain point when I feel much more energy being drained by strangers than added by mm-hmm. being with them there's a certain point where I just want to go be on my own but there's a couple of impulses that I think it's worth fighting um, I mean one thing like it, it, along the lines of the travel stuff for example like you know um I, I sometimes uh, sit there and I think, oh gosh, I'll spend three hours like looking up menus online or looking at the you know the hundred dollar meal from uh, room service. I think I think it really is useful to get out of your room and take a walk during daylight hours. That that I mean the reward if you want to go back and drink in the hotel room later by yourself and watch Family Guy. I mean that's something everybody deserves. They should give that to themselves, but don't start doing it at four. Yeah. Like, I think it really helps to get outside and walk around. Uh, it would help to go somewhere like a bookshop. I think it helps to talk to somebody, like an actual person. Like, go and have dinner somewhere by yourself. Bring a book if you want. But, it, you know, what you could do is you could go and have dinner at a at the bar in the hotel, at least. But go somewhere where you're going to talk to people. I think it really helps to be around other people when you're when you're away from home. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like in that instance, that's one that's, that's a person interaction sub one is getting out and like, not just sitting in the room and brooding like I am inclined to do. Cause I'm thinking about my family and I'm thinking about like, Oh God, who's been in this room and it's just all awful. That's one of them is get out. Yeah, sure. Go get a drink, but go somewhere and get out and walk around. Maybe, maybe give yourself a project, like go to the Apple store or, uh, you know, go, go walk to, uh, some certain landmark or whatever, but just get outside and see the city a little bit. And just, if you've ever had trouble sleeping at night, for example, Sometimes when I'm having trouble sleeping at night, I, I, there's one thing I tell myself that actually helps, which is it's not your job to think right now. It's your job to sleep right now. And if you're sitting around in the, after, in, in the afternoon uh, before like a big thing for work the next day, and you've actually got that extra time to be in town somewhere, just tell yourself, it's not my job to worry right now. 
It's not my job to fuss right now. I'm not allowed to worry for the next like hour and a half. Like g- give yourself a break. It, it, it sounds silly, but like I find that can be so cumulative. There's no break. There's no break to that feeling unless you really introduce it yourself, you know, kind of like snap the rubber band and say, mm-hmm. okay, that's it. I'm just going to go out and do this thing now. Something completely afield. Go buy a comic book, whatever. But that, that little business tip I just gave you, boy, I can't even tell you how useful that is. In, in the case of doing a presentation, to try and spend some time with people who are going to be in the audience. Is this too weird? Is this too afield? No, it's this is afield. great. No, it's not at all. Um, and I think this probably might surprisingly apply to stuff you do as well, Dan, like going and visiting with clients. Um, it isn't that you've got to necessarily go be Sherlock Holmes, but regardless of how you end up somewhere, leave early, get there early, give, ha, leave lots of time, and then notice things. You might notice things like go, man, it's a real pain in the ass to get in here. I can't believe all the security that I had to go through. I'm glad. I'm really glad I did that early. Well, guess what? Now you got a joke for the presentation. Because they've all been through that too. They know that. They they know about all of that stuff. You know, uh, you, you notice things like a visit I did uh, to a university a few years ago. I spent five minutes walking down a hallway that was all inspirational posters the entire way down the hallway. I was I was I noticed that that became something I could make a joke about. But going and meeting the people in the audience that you're talking to and asking them what's going on, just listen. You learn so much about what's happening in there. In your case, Dan, you know, you could just go hang out in the lobby for a little while and watch what, what, what kinds of people come in and out of the building. Right. Um, but the, that, that people component, you can learn so much from five minutes with one person that's a million times more useful than five hours of ruminating over what you should be thinking about. That little change in action can be really valuable and it makes you a little less of a psycho this feels extremely weird but no, I, I don't this know if is it's good. Useful. this is exactly i don't know i think it's lonely i think it's lonely to travel it's lonely to be out there i think i feel very exposed yeah when i when no, I'm, i hear that the whole theme well the whole theme of all this travel stuff we we're talking about really ultimately is about feeling exposed feeling about not taking care of feeling feeling like not secure feeling unprepared feeling like yeah. like you just don't have control over the basic stuff that helps you normally feel like you've got your stuff together now are yeah, you because you're out of pla- you're out of place you're out of mind right yeah. and it's it's, it's weird i was uh you know how when you when you move i know you've pretty much been in you know in the same place for for a while but i'm sure that as an adult you've moved and you've you know got a new place and that feeling that you have of like even though you may like where you're living even if it's just a move across town but i think it's even more pronounced and you certainly felt this when you moved to san francisco i'm sure is that you're like even though you may love where you are there's that feeling of like this isn't my home and then how long it takes where all of a sudden one day you realize like oh yeah this is my home you know, it's like that familiarity returns and it's, it's almost it reminds me of that kind of sensation when you're traveling and you're out there and you're sort of, you are like on, on your own. It's like, you're, you're going to sleep in a place. It's not your regular place to sleep. There's all these variables. You know that you're only there for a certain period of time and you have to leave soon. So that's kind of on your mind. You usually are going when, unless it's purely recreational, which isn't really what we're talking about, when you're traveling somewhere, you're going there because you have a job to do. And the job that you have to do is important enough that you had to leave your house and get on a plane and fly and go stay in a hotel to do the job. So it's probably pretty important. It's mm-hmm. probably something that you, uh, that, that you want to do, something that you, you have to do and that you have to get right. And 
it'd be one thing if it's like, ah, just get on a plane and go stay in a hotel uh, in, in a neat city for four or five days. Like, that's easy. I can do that. But then you add all of these other complications and details and pressures to it, like also got to get the big client or also have to give a talk in front of 300 people or whatever. Then it becomes a whole different experience combined with the fact that you're now in a, a stranger in a strange land and that you're on your own and that uh, the the usual things that that we tend to take for granted that make us feel comfortable, like, you know, driving the car that you're comfortable driving and not that piece of uh, crap in a city, rental. In a city that right? you're uh, comfortable with. Yeah, in a city you're comfortable with. All of these things, you know? You know, it, it changes everything. And all of a sudden you are aware of, like, how people see you and how you see other people. And then you get that weird sort of distanced feeling of like, you're in that bubble, you know what I mean? Like all of those things are real. All of those things I think happen and I mm-hmm. think they happen to everybody. Yeah, I think they do. I think hotels capitalize on them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's why they that's why you can like what did we watch? My god, we spent $20 on a rental movie last time we were in a hotel room just cuz, you know, it, but it's like think about that. That's completely bananas. I know. And it was it was like what was it? It was like that snail movie or something. It was something really bad. And um but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It feels it feels real fancy to talk about and I and a little personal because it's a little bit revealing, I guess. Cuz I I think about people I used to work with or like for example with my wife, like a lot of stuff she's done with travel is like involving event planning. And she doesn't have an afternoon to sit around in a hotel room the day before. Like she's still trying to like manage stuff. She's still like getting stuff nailed down. I mean, I would be apoplectic, you know, cuz cuz she has like a real job where like things have to happen on time and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know how people. Uh, I don't know how people do that. Or were you traveling? You have to like stay in the same room with your with your colleague. Like, ooh. oh no 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 no. Who does? Yeah, no. I mean, that's like a, something from the forties. That's that's just weird. <sighs> yeah, I was watching Boardwalk Empire, and uh, I don't want to give that anything away. But there were two guys, and 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 they're staying. They were staying in Tampa from New York. They were staying in or New Jersey. They were staying in Tampa, and it shows in the background behind them. Uh, it, it, it shows the sort of two beds in the back in the bedroom and, you know, like that's what it feels like. It's like, this is something from, you know, like the thirties or something like who, who, I don't know. It just strikes me. I mean, like, in a, it's like, oh my gosh, we got to go to this thing and it's last minute and we'll just get one room like fine. But like, if it's planned out and your oh, yeah. company is, is such a, a cheapskate company that, that they have to put two grown people in a room together. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Well, M- Moby Dick wouldn't have been as good if he didn't wake up with Queequeg, you know? I think it's kind of an overrated <laughs> book. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but... Well, you could do better. Where's where's your Moby Dick? <laughs> yeah, where is my Moby Dick? That's an ex- There's still a lot of people <laughs> in New York asking where my Moby Dick I is. Know. Yeah. Um, I like that preparation topic, though. That'd be good to come to come back to. You want to tangle that? We could tangle that. We All could right. tangle that. Because um, it's it, it's a weird side door into the whole expertise issue too, though. Because even if you're just preparing for something you're going to do, like in your own neighborhood, it's funny to see. Like sometimes, you know, when you watch somebody, um, it's like you see a script, not a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, how do you how do you get better at like? And in a case like that, how do you prepare to like be yourself publicly in an interesting way? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of an interesting. There's a thing. I mean, for people who have to do stuff like presentations, I yeah. think it's kind of an interesting topic. How do you how do you like go from merely being a palatable anonymous person, you know, to somebody with a little bit of flavor without looking like a big douche? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. Believe me. Yeah, I know it is. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. Let me tell you about something. 
I say about email. I got right. no email in my inbox. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'd like to suggest method for removing email from your inbox. Hi, here's an unlicensed <laughs> picture of Walter Sobchak. Mm. Hi, I'm Merlin Mann. All right, you want to button this up? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I love you. I love you too, Merlin Mann.